morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, is joining us on this Tuesday. The CEO of Collecti Lab, Selman G, is in the building. And my good friend, NFT Tones, is making time for us. So I'm very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how France is the latest nation to update the world in their CBDC, stating cross-border payments are the upgrade our financial system needs. Billionaire investor and friend of the show, Mark Yusko, is calling for the crypto spring, stating Bitcoin will have a rally for the history books after this short recession. Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse is calling out the SEC for bullying tactics, claiming this case could have been over several months ago if they weren't delaying the inevitability. Robinhood has added a new Web3 wallet after partnering with Polygon last month, as IOTA's trading volume is up almost 1,000% in the last 48 hours. We show our listeners the historic upgrades coming to this network. U.S. Fed Chair Jerome Powell and President of the ECB Christine Lagarde addressed the global need for CBDCs, stating that by 2026, our financial system will change forever. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto... The Shemitah was yesterday, but the markets are rallying today, and I think it has to do with the Fed chair news. But before we get into that, how you feeling this morning, my friend? And thanks for making time for us. Well, I'm feeling great. You know, Jackie wasn't on the show today, so they let me in the makeup room. I got to get, you know, a, a, a shave done today and get some of that old hair off the face. So I'm doing well. But no, I see Jackie out there. So shout out to Jackie for letting me have the makeup room today. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, good morning to Selman and NFT Toads. I don't even recognize it without his fedora. What's going on here? I have no idea. But Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there today. Love you guys, Susie, Dillop, and Mentelect, and everybody else is out there. You guys are true warriors. Thank you for showing up every day. We love it. We appreciate it. We've got some good news for you today. And we're going to be debating what these markets are set to do over the next few months because everyone was predicting a downturn, a $12,000, $14,000 Bitcoin. Now the markets are looking more optimistic than ever. But we got Selman G, technical analysis expert and the CEO of Collecti Labs. What's up, my friend? How you feeling? Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Apps. I'm feeling great. Uh, you know, the weather changes. We have fall here in Germany, so kind of sick. But nevertheless, we are here for an awesome show. We prepared some great articles for you and, of course, TA. So love it. <laughs> Tones, everyone's talking about the NFT news. Sorry, everyone's talking about the ECB news, but we've got NFT news as well as MasterCard is launching an NFT-based card. Pretty cool stuff, but what's on your mind, my friend? Oh, I'm excited for that, but I'll get into that when uh, we go over the article. But uh, not much. I'm I'm excited because I was 20 minutes uh, 20 minutes early, and uh, I wasn't late today. So uh, yeah, awesome. Another fedora? one for NFT tones. No what fedora today. He still doesn't have the fedora. What's going on over here? No, 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 no. I got a I got a new fedora coming in. I ordered oh. a new one. Awesome. Awesome. And we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto. You get access to every member of our team. We're at 1,840 followers. So go smash that follow button. We love updating you guys. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in extreme fear this morning. Johnny K sitting at a 20, but that's because the markets are doing some positive 
positive price action, surprisingly. So the total coin market cap is climbing up towards $1 trillion at $970 billion this morning. We've got Bitcoin at 39% dominance. Ethereum is 17%. Bitcoin is sitting at $20,200 this morning. Ethereum is $1,300. Uh, XRP is $0.47. Cents. We got Cardano at $0.45. Cents. Cosmos, $14. Stellar is $0.11. Cents. Algorand has been pumping with the ISOs, still holding that $0.37 cent range. And of course, our good friend, one of the largest movers in the market today, we got Quant sitting at $130. Johnny K, I'm going to give you the floor there. I just got to sing a song that reminds me long time. You said green acres is the place to be because we see a lot of green today, baby. There's green everywhere. Certainly, uh, you know, it's very interesting to see the whole world <laughs> keep feeling like with Shamitha and then we're going down and what happens is just the opposite. So who knows? It'll be interesting to see how long this actually holds up. Does this actually turn into a bull run? Which would be, you know, would make sense since the whole world thought we were going down. It won't surprise me if we go up. And, you know, obviously we know that the fear and greed index is really a lagging indicator anyway. So it won't surprise me, you know, for, for that to creep up after the markets really pump heavily. That's typically what happens. That's why, um, you know, you get dumped on and become the liquidity. So it'd be interesting to see. But yeah, quant is on fire. I mean, what are we sitting around? One, what's that? One thirty-six or one thirty-one? What is that right now? It's on fire. Yeah, it's about one hundred thirty dollars. But what's so interesting about this chart is a few weeks ago we tested this range, rejected, went and tested the previous all-time highs, and now we're breaking out again. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if we get well above this one hundred thirty thousand. Sorry, one hundred thirty thousand, one hundred thirty dollar price. Eventually, one hundred thirty thousand. But selling. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I know you got some technical analysis prepared on Quant, but is there any other projects that you're watching in the market this morning? Yeah. So I feel like. Um, XRP is not done yet. We, we could still see one last leg up to the 60s. Um, other than that, you know, it's in a cool down period right now. And if Bitcoin really can hold the 20K now, we're going to test 21, maybe 22. And we're going to see if we can break that because that's an important resistance zone. But if so, uh, of course, XRP is going to see that rally again. We got great news coming in, right? And we prepared cool stuff for the audience. And um, Cosmos, for example, they released their next white paper. They actually, uh, the cool thing is they uh, pretty much um, did all that they put on their white paper a couple of years ago. And now they released web the white paper 2.0. And I see great potential for Cosmos, what they're doing with the interoperability uh, among chains. That's great. So this is great news. But, you know, it's it already pumped. If you're looking for short gains, then I would go for coins like VeChain, Solana, right? Um, and then Polygon already pumped, but still has potential. Today, we got great news coming in uh, from them as well. Robinhood just launched, you know, the, the wallet. Uh, Polygon is the first blockchain they um, they uh, introduced. And so there is there, there are great coins that are just in accumulation looks exactly like xrp did right the last couple of months and so we could see a nice break there as well very very soon very cool some and there's a lot of projects that get me excited but when i look at this xrp price chart this is such a typical bottom i mean you know obviously you do this all the time look at how long we consolidated from may until mid-september we just traded below that 40 cent range between 28 and 40 cents and now we're finally breaking out so it's really good to see we're going to dive into some of the news as to why xrp may be moving and actually why quant may be moving as well but nft tones i want to start with you before we get into our articles is there anything that you're watching this morning and what sticks out to you my friend 
So I've been watching a new project called Arc World, and basically it's a MMORPG on the blockchain, and it actually has released. Like you can actually play this game, and it's really interesting because if you go into the world and actually play, they're running an event right now, and you can get free land. And what's so important is you can rent this land, you can sell this land, you can do so much with this land. It can make you passive income. So I've been trying. I've been. I'm bought like three lands and now I'm running around trying to get as many tickets for this event as I can, which starts in two days. So I'm trying to get as many tickets and then I'm going to basically try to get as many lands as possible that I can rent out or that I can uh, basically play with or make passive income. Awesome tones and the fans are calling for it. We are going to have a mic drop moment. I just got to push the right buttons, but we got 169 live listeners out there. Show us some love, smash that like button. We're going to be breaking down CBDCs today, but I think it's really good that we start off with this connection between Ripple and the Digital Pound Foundation because Ripple is not only creating the solution for central bank digital currencies, they are mainly focused on the cross-border payments. And we know that's going to be one of the main reasons that this financial system gets an upgrade in the first place. But let's start off today's episode with some very important information from the United States Fed Chair Jerome Powell stating a U.S. CBDC will not be anonymous. So we're going to let this short clip play and get some comments starting with Johnny. Here we go. We think that there are four characteristics of if we were to pursue a CBDC, it would at a minimum have the following four characteristics. First is intermediated. Second is private, privacy protected. The third is identity verified. So it would not be anonymous. It would not be an anonymous bearer instrument. And fourth is transferable or interoperable. So, so we're, we would be looking to balance privacy protection with identity verification, which, is, which has to be done, of course, in today's traditional banking system. So Johnny Crypto, we know that central bank digital currencies are coming, but people thought there was a possibility we could be anonymous. I never agreed with that sentiment. And Jerome Powell is verifying that now. Do you ever think this system will have, you know what, I'm just going to give you the floor there because I know that that you have a response. You got a better chance of getting struck by lightning than this being anonymous. That was never going to happen. We all know KYC is coming. KYC is going to be part of regulation. It's all about KYC. For those of you who don't know, that means know your customer. There's no question about it. There's no banking system in the world where you go into the bank and they don't know who you are and they don't have your information, right? Why would you create a CBDC and not have the same type of um, system in place? So no, it's going to know who you are. They're going to know who you are, but there'll be privacy. There'll be a private ledger so the whole world can't see it. It'll only be restricted to probably within the banking windows to be able to see it. Um, but to me, so, you know, and we know that I believe I heard that, you know, we know Ripple was, was working or does have a private version of the ledger. So it's not not saying that it couldn't be a Ripple type system. We'll have to wait and see if it's RippleNet or not. But we know that uh, they do have that privacy function and it's going to have to be. There's no question about it that any system that's developed will have a private ledger with a KYC on top of it. It just makes no surprise there at all. I think most of us knew that going into it. Johnny, and what's so cool about the CBDC is every time they bring it up, they mention cross-border payments because that's one of the biggest problems our financial system has today. If you want to transfer your fiat, not only is it going to take a week, for every billion dollars that you transfer, they charge you 300 grand. When you're using Ripple's technology for every billion dollars, it's going to cost you less than 10 cents. But Selman G, I'd love to get some thoughts here because now they're not only telling us that a CBDC is inevitable, they're actually breaking down the details of how it's going to work in the future. So what are some of your thoughts on what Jerome Powell shared and what does it mean to you that they're acknowledging CBDC is coming? Yeah, first things first, I totally agree with uh, Johnny uh, on that. It's like I never believed in it, that it's I didn't even know that some people 
thought, you know, that it's going to be anonymous. We obviously, you know, it, it makes total sense that it's not going to be um, anonymous. And um, so what I truly believe my thoughts on CBDC, I mean, it's coming and it's dangerous. I really don't want CBDCs in my life, um, but it is coming. You have no choice. Um, and we, we need to find, you know, a, a way of also um, transferring our wealth to somewhere else, et cetera, right? CBDC pretty much you're, you have your blueprint everywhere. And with CBDCs, I don't know, you still want that, the, the, the physical money in your hand and that's missing. And a lot of people are being pushed to that agenda, to that thought that digital money is the future and it is important. So to have both is great. Some people even say, especially Ripple, um, you know, people from Ripple, they say that it's just going to be an alternative payment um, source, but I don't believe in that. Sooner or later, they're going to say that this technology is, this is innovation and it's going to wipe out everything else. It's just, you know, for them to have more control. And so, you know, you have to decide uh, for yourself if it's a good thing or not. I think you're spot on. I want to go to NFT tones here because not only did he say that CBDCs are coming, they're talking about how they're going to regulate cryptocurrency. And what they're going to do is they're going to take it very slow and very methodical because they don't believe that the crypto markets have a macro impact on economies yet. So they want to get this thing correct. And that I do appreciate. But Jerome Powell says there's a real need to better regulate cryptocurrency. Do you even trust these guys to regulate this market tones? No, I, I feel like they need to make a division specifically for crypto, looking at crypto and understanding the technology and the rules and laws that could be behind it and how it actually works. Until they understand the fundamentals, it's going to be impossible for them to actually make laws that work for this type of system. Yes. And, and Selman, I'd love to go back to you in reference to this tweet here. The Digital Pound Foundation is partnered with Ripple, not only working on central bank digital currency solutions, but specifically cross-border payments, which we know is one of the main utilities for XRP. And we found a list from one of the central banks that breaks down seven main utilities that XRP provides. And I think that's what the Digital Pound Foundation knows. But what does this partnership mean to you? Is this going to come to fruition? Is there going to be a day where we see a real connection between Ripple and a European CBDC? Hell yeah. I truly believe that, you know, Ripple is the only blockchain technology out there that has the like the close ties to these uh, institutions and to governments. And I see real value here. Ripple has that underlying technology that other, others don't have, or maybe they do have some kind of, you know, fast and secure blockchain systems, but they don't have these close ties. Right. And we've heard the news coming from Australia as well. You see, you know, uh, Ripple is everywhere, everywhere you touch. Anything you touch, it's like behind it, there is Ripple. And so I see great value for this. Also, it's going to reflect on the price sooner or later as investors going to um, have the feeling that, wow, like Ripple's technology is really seeing mass adoption. Everyone's ad adopting this technology. And that's, you know, going to create that greed and FOMO effect as well. So these kind of news updates right close to this SEC lawsuit, you know, final steps there is just um, more like feeding all the bulls and we could see more FOMO into um, in the charts uh, very soon. Awesome. And Johnny Crypto, I'd love to give you a chance to close us out here because with all the Ripple news we're going to provide today, the first thing we're going to show our listeners is Brad Garlinghouse calling the SEC a bully and saying this case should have been over several months ago if it wasn't for their delay tactics. 
But we got 221 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here with Good Morning Crypto. Johnny K, what does it mean to you that the Digital Pound Foundation is publicly working with Ripple? And do you believe, like Selman does, there'll be a day where Ripple is connected to the the European Central Bank digital currency? I mean, this is the kind of stuff that makes me me sleep good at night. I've been telling you guys, I want to see more and more signs of these um, these agencies or these think tanks or these governments or these central banks uh, companies working on on the with Ripple. When you you want to see Ripple being included in these discussions and being part of these, because for heaven's sakes, they're the ones who create Mario. Good morning, Mario. Shout out to our brother. We got Jackie out there. We got Mario out there. Love you guys. And yes, Dilip, give that thing a warrior elbow drop. Smash that like button three times, not two times, three times. But it's so important to see government agencies working and choosing to to have Ripple in the mix because it would be almost an embarrassment for the company that's put out a technology that's that's designed to solve the cross-border payment issue. And then they're not in the discussion. I mean, that would just be like, holy shit, that's bad. That would be really bad. And I would be very worried and I probably would dump my XRP if they weren't in those discussions. It's discussions like this and news like this that keeps me at least motivated to hold on to it because it makes me feel like it's in the works. You want to be seeing that. You want to be seeing these kinds of signs that these companies are involved in those conversations or what's the point? Thank you, Johnny. And we're showing our listeners a very, very cool interview right now. This is between Brad Garlinghouse, and he's actually discussing not only the William Hinman speech from 2017, but what's taking place with the SEC today. So I'm really, really excited to show our listeners this video. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to start with comments from Selman after this video. Here we go. I would characterize the SEC has built a reputation that's deserved as being a bully. You know, many, many players that the SEC has gone after, they simply have to fold their cards. I mean, Ripple will spend well over $100 million defending ourselves in a case that we have tried to move forward as quickly as we can. And the SEC has gone as slowly as they can. You know, I, I mean, another example I think is pretty profound. Uh, there's a kind of infamous speech that Bill Hedman, the director of corporate finance in the SEC, gave in June of 2018 saying, ETH is not a security. And uh, the judge, five times in the last 18 months, the judge in our case, she has ordered the SEC to turn over the notes in that case five times. We still don't have those notes. And I look at that as like, the SEC it is a government agency. The government works for the people. The judge is ordering the SEC to turn these notes over, and they won't do it, and they keep coming up with new reasons why. So much so that the judge, in her most recent ruling, said the SEC is being hypocritical, and I will quote, saying, not following a faithful allegiance to the law. These are damning words for an agency whose mission is stated as to protect investors. In the case of the... Johnny Crypto, my first question is, do you feel protected, my friend? But honestly, you the floor is yours. You, you know, I hate to tell Brad this, and I love Brad. Brad, I love you, man. Dude, you ain't getting those notes. There ain't no... The judge has told him five times to hand over the notes. You ain't getting them. You know why, Brad? Because we all know in the notes you would be redeemed ripple would be redeemed and this case would be over it's just not gonna happen brad but the good news is the sec is gonna have to settle because they know those notes are damning and uh yeah i feel real protected abs yeah i feel extremely protected selman what stuck out to me there was not only that they wouldn't give over the notes but that the judge herself called the sec hypocritical why do you think brad garlinghouse is so comfortable making these statements this is the third interview we've seen in the past two weeks where he's publicly criticizing the sec Man, this is this is so much fun to watch all of this, right? And we have the 
like biggest community in crypto and we're all like coming together and talking about this on twitter that's so crazy and um you know like fun fact they spend over 100 million dollars right so they know that they will win this case like they go in with alliance mentality and that's like crazy and you know they have all the um all the materials all the um basically notes from the past that they know okay they they were compliant with the re with regulations with all the the authorities and so with that mentality they went in there and they're defending not only ripple but the crypto world the crypto space in total and i love this fact so much people people outside of ripple like outside of the xrp space or shitstorming which is like doesn't make sense dude these bread is pretty much defending your blockchain as well and they don't understand it but um I feel like this is really interesting that um, uh, I kind of feel like the judge is on Ripple's side. Yes. And they finally want to have that, but they can't uh, give that vibe out, out there that, you know, SEC failed and SEC was doing that just to uh, protect themselves and their institutions. Maybe they're, you know, um, offering a cer certain service. Maybe I don't know, but um, they want to make they want to keep it very professional. And uh, this is why you don't we don't really get that immediately but we only get that through uh brad or some people on twitter uh but you know you really see probably the judge talked to the sec and said dude you guys messed up like crazy how how are we gonna tell this to the public now right so they're probably looking for ways to settle to do something in a very professional smooth way without like creating that um sec is just like um a messed up uh, institution that kind of uh vibe without giving that to the public. We'll see, man. I'm, I'm super excited. Lots of exciting stuff happening with XRP and Johnny Crypto. It's like we always say, show me the chart and I'll tell you the news. The XRP price charts fully, finally looking bullish and all of these positive news articles are rolling out. But NFT Tones, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. We've got the Digital Pound Foundation working with Ripple, but also in 2018, 380 central banks around the world were already signed up and ready to use RippleNet. So what does that mean to you? The fact that Brad Garlinghouse it's coming out making these bold bold statements in this time of uncertainty. Well, it's interesting to show that he has all these partnerships and stuff already lined up and that he's going out of his way. And it's interesting to see that the judge actually called the SEC hypocritical. And it's interesting to see that they're not actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. Well, one of the things that the SEC was built to do is protect investors, Johnny Crypto. And one of the things that we've seen time and time again in these financial markets is that innovation starts in the United States. What's unique about the crypto market today is that innovation is not only be, being hindered in the United States, it's actually being exported. So a lot of these projects that aren't allowed in the, in the United States, well, they're legal in Japan and they're legal in Singapore. So what does it mean to you? The fact that in 2018, 380 central banks were signed up to work with Ripple. The SEC lawsuit comes around and that gets very, very quiet. What do you think happened to all those relationships? Yeah, that's a very, very good question. And that's what we want to wait and see is to find out what the impact of this lawsuit was um, once it's all over. And I'm not so sure we're going to know until after. And you're probably never going to hear. I mean, we do know that, for example, for instance, one of the relationships that was lost was the, the MoneyGram or whatever, the Western Union MoneyGram, one of them, I forgot which one it was. It was, it was MoneyGram, yep. They lost that relationship literally because of the lawsuit and they jumped, they jumped ship and went over to XLM. Right. So I'm sure there was a lot more of that behind the scenes, or you probably had, at least in the U S 
companies that maybe for the past two years, remember this thing's been going on for two freaking years, for the past two years, think of all of the behind the scenes innovation and research that's been going on in white papers to figure out what's the new banking system going to look like. And how many times has Ripple left out of that conversation because of the lawsuit? I'm sure there were many cases that we're not going to know about, but I'm sure there's instances because I remember throughout this show, us doing this show, but yeah, I remember us hearing you playing some videos of people saying, you know, oh yeah, we're staying away from Ripple right now because of the lawsuit. There's no question that they lost a huge amount of opportunity because of it. So they got punished in the U.S. Consumers got punished in the U.S. You know, Ripple's being punished in the U.S. for innovation because of the SEC lawsuit, which has, you know, been going on for two years. And we know that the evidence is there that this case should be over. So the question is, when the hell are they going to end this thing and release and unlock Ripple? I think it's very close. I think we're close. But, you know, the price charts will tell us. Just keep an eye on the chart. You'll know before the news. And we're showing our listeners a very important document from Doja Bank stating that the United, sorry, that the global financial system is going to change in January of 2023. And I want to remind our listeners, that's only four months away. And the fact that these dates are emerging this quickly, it's pretty exciting. Selman, when they talk about cross-border payments, the main token that comes to mind is XRP. And we see the cross-border payments efficiency that seems to be the number one problem in our global financial system today. So before we get into some more hard evidence, some real articles, please give me your thoughts. Is 2023 going to be the year when we see global financial system start to turn digital? Um, I truly believe in that because we've seen so the authorities, not only in the U.S., but worldwide, even in the uh, Eurozone, that they want to regulate uh, cryptocurrencies and we need it. They want to start with stable coins first and then move on to other uh, crypto uh, currencies. And so I believe 2023, we could see like sideways action in crypto, whatever it is. But uh, with the regulation, you're going to see how big institutions jump in. I've, I've read some articles and literally, because I was thinking, you know, some institutions probably claim that they are not buying because it, it's unregulated, but it makes so much sense that they're not investing in it because they really don't want to mess uh, with the situation because anything you touch, you, you've seen Nexo, for example, right? They're coming news everywhere. You really need strong regulation so that people can finally um, have that, you know, um, that, uh, that so finally people are convinced and uh, can comfortably invest, right? Without, without thinking, okay, there could be a rug pull, there could be this and that. Uh, of course, it's not a vote, like you can't really, uh, eliminate that there's always going to be rug pulls in the markets but uh still for big institutions to be convinced you need very clear uh, pretty much clarity and strong regulations and, and that's probably going to happen in 2023 check out this quote here selman because this is what's so important we talk about the flip of the swish and this is where these conspiracy theories come from as these documents stated that over the weekend of november 19th and november 20th of this year this system is going to go live and cross-border payments are going to be start done digitally, which is very exciting. But Roto, I did want to read this other quote for our listeners very, very quickly, as this is what the European central banks are saying today. And this is not speculation. This is from a document we took directly from their website. It says, we are replaced. To, we are set to replace our core banking system in January of 2023, which means that come November of 2022, the migration to the ISO system will begin. And what's very interesting is that it says it right here. The European central bank is going to be forced focused 
on cross-border payments globally and removing that friction. Not only is it going to remove money from bank accounts, but now money is going to be moving faster throughout the economy. And anybody who knows the velocity of money increases the amount that's spent. So Johnny Crypto, I'd love to give you the floor and then we'll hop into our next article. Basically what you're reading, what this is, is this is a beta test, right? You're, you're basically, you're seeing the first example of, of what I would call a beta test where obviously it says here, you know, high value payments. So they're going to start with that first, try it out, see how it works in little areas. And then if this works, yeah, thank you, Dilip. We love you. You're, you know, I can, we can say the same thing about Dilip, Susie, Mentelec, Mr. Right. They're all out. There. You guys are great fans, super fans. But, um, and I know I'm missing you. Some of you guys, I don't mean to, there's just so many of you guys are great. But the thing here is this is, this is significant right here. The reason why this is significant is this is the first beta test trial that you're actually hearing about. So they've already run some behind the scenes to make sure it's working, right? You have to. And then once you do that, right, like like when we're learning, you do a beta launch, right? We do this testing behind the scenes. When it's right, then we do a soft launch. This is kind of like a soft launch. They're going to do a few, you know, get some really high value, um, value customers, and they're going to try it and see how it works. And then adoption will come later. You're in the beginning. Somebody said it in here. You know, that all we feel we're so late to the party. And I've been saying this all along. Guys, we're so early that it feels like we're late. So every time, I love you too, Dillip. So every time you guys think you're late, stop. Stop when you think that. Stand up, look in the mirror, smack yourself in the face, wake yourself up and say, no, I'm not late. I'm just so damn early. It feels late. That's it, guys. Feel This is a great, you should feel great. That you're in this early. And, you know, I got to say something about Quant because everybody's in the comments. Johnny, let me just give a live update for our listeners. Anybody who's listening on audio, Quant started off this podcast at $129. Currently, we are at $135, and we broke past that level of resistance that we were sitting at a month ago. So, Roto, floor is yours. Yeah, so so I feel bad because I told <laughs> I told uh, Mario that, that, that Quant was going to 60. I thought we would retest. I thought we were going down, but I might have been wrong. We might be going up. But <laughs> We might be testing that 136 or 160. But to be honest, with you, I'm not gonna. I'm not like I know everybody's excited about Quant right now, 130. I'm not because I was only in Quant when it was 400 or 450. So to be honest with you guys, I know you're all excited about 130. Frankly, I'm sorry, I'm not. I'll be excited if we're gonna sit here and Quant's at 450. You're gonna see me excited, right? But because I want to see us retest that all time high. But at 130, I'm sorry, guys, I'm not that excited about it. I, I know Quant is a really good technology. Even at 130, you could argue it's cheap. So I'm not excited. I'm waiting for long-term adoption for it. And you're going to see prices way, way above 130 in the long run. And but one of the Johnny, reasons – oh, go ahead. Apps, um, you know, technically also Quant looks great, and uh, people should definitely see that later. You know, we're going to co cover TA. But um, it, it looks interesting. It looks like, you know, we have that inverse head and shoulders and uh, ready Selman, to I would see love another – If you want to jump right into that, I'm, I'm perfectly cool giving you the floor if you'd love to do some TA on Quant right now. Okay, before we jump into a new topic, let's Yep, let's and then we'll show our listeners after the, after this quant update, we're going to show our listeners how our friend Mark Yusko is predicting that Bitcoin will not fall below 17,000. So we'll get into that right after this analysis. All right, cool. So you see that massive inverse head and shoulders here, right? So, you know, we really broke out out from this falling trend here. And now of course on the logarithmic, we also have this moving trend you know, we might get rejected here and drop to retest. That would be insane if someone wants to accumulate. If you see a great support here, 
buying down here is just uh, makes so much sense. Uh, it would be a nice retest. What and is that? When you say for our people who aren't watching the chart or in the car, or listen to audio. Oh yeah. So price, when you say down here, what are we talking about? Price? Yeah, we would be talking about like you know, hundred twenty dollars, but or. 125 126 just to see that pullback that would be a great area to uh, accumulate we can also check uh, check out the moving averages here well on shorter time frames you know probably i mean wow the the moving averages need to catch up with the pump right now so if yeah. you see something like uh, xrp where we, we we've seen a pump and, that, and then it cools down um, at some point, it will catch up with the uh, moving trends and around like 125, etc. That level could be a great retest. Of course, you never know. Maybe we can really break from 100. What is it? Let me see. Currently, it's at $135. Once we see that clear break uh, from here, of course, you know, probably it's going to retest at like maybe 140. We'll find out. But for now, if we get rejected here at 135, uh, currently trading at 134. We could really see that 120, 125 uh, come in, and that would so be. I'm gonna a great have a really quick comment. So when we were covering Quant last week, we did a, a deep dive on Friday, and we probably did a 20 minute segment about it. The thing that stuck out to us is less than one percent of the circulating supply for Quant right now is listed on exchanges, and what that means for people who don't understand is it takes very small amounts of liquidity to move this token up, right? So it only takes a small amount of buying, and what we're seeing right now is those volume candles since early September are getting larger and larger for Quant which is pretty exciting. Sorry to cut you off there. Uh, actually, no. Selman, one of the questions that came up is, is it overbought? Can you tell our audience, does it look overbought? Are there any signs of that? Yeah. Yeah, That'd so great. first things first, we broke out, RSI even broke out from the, um, on the daily, broke out from the falling trend, meaning we are going, yes, to a overbought situation, but still, there is still some room left. We could still see some um, some movements, some moves here for uh, Quant. It's still on the table, of course, on shorter time frames. Yep, it's overbought. So this is why I believe, you know, this uh, dynamic trend here at $135, even $130, yeah, $135, I would say, is important. We could get rejected here. We're forming some kind of a um, bearish divergence on the momentum as well. Uh, RSI is overbought, doesn't have a bearish divergence, but it's overbought and tell, tells me that, you know, we might see a rejection coming with that sitting above 121 in this case but i would even say 125 because with these pumps usually we see higher retests we don't like we don't see a perfect retest on the falling trend so 125 maybe a little above 125 could be a great retest we'll see if if it if it will find support above these moving averages and then you know it's it's going to be another uh time to or a great buying opportunity again and we could trade below that dynamic trend that I have here and continue making new highs or we really break so the question. Really. There's a question here in terms of can it retrace back to 80? What's the likelihood of that? Is that even like, is that crazy impossible? Is there a good shot? What's your, What's your thoughts on uh, this question here from our audience? This is a good time to point out we are not financial advisors. None of this is financial Absolutely. advice. Selman is just showing you what he does for himself on these charts. I covered yeah. our butt. Yeah, go. so 87, of course, is a strong support. That's uh, that's obviously very valid now. But things could change if Bitcoin goes down to 14, 15K. If Yusko is wrong and we really see a new bottom, then, of course, that could hit 
uh, quant as well. Why? Because if you check out the crypto, the the Bitcoin dominance, currently we are testing the previous tops again. We could form a triple top and could go down and altcoins see another little bit of bullishness or Bitcoin is really taking the lead. We skyrocket and it takes all the altcoins with it. But with the rising Bitcoin dominance, Bitcoin is going to shine, right? It's going to be in the spot, like in the spotlight or Bitcoin can hold this level. As I said, 22K is going to be a big resistance if we can't hold it and we get rejected again with that Bitcoin dominance could rise. And while that happens and Bitcoin tanks, all coins will bleed out. That's going to be your chance to accumulate again. But, you know, right now I, I really would uh, like to focus on the big inverse head and shoulders that we have. And this pretty much means we are ready to see another 75% increase from from the neckline to uh, from the bottom to the neckline, basically. And I want to point this out for our listeners. Not only is the chart indicating this, but we just brought up that quant has the lowest amount of circulating supply on exchanges since inception. There's never been a lower amount of circulating supply when it comes to quant being listed on exchanges. Yeah. I mean, with that low supply, hell yeah. Like just one, like couple buy orders can really bring the price up instantly. And so, um, Great buying opportunities will come very soon if we get rejected, as I said, and we see that retest. That's another time to buy. Right now, it's going to be a little risky because, I mean, it's it already pumped, right? Um, but with that, of course, if this inverse head and shoulders is going to work out, and traditionally October has been bullish, and while S&P and Dow Jones have seen new lows, um, Bitcoin is pretty much ranging. Bitcoin is less volatile, and that tells me that Bitcoin is ready for something. So, you know, my, my plan that we're going to see 12, like maybe 14K, et cetera. For now, I feel like the opposite will happen. We're, we're getting ready for something. We're pretty much whoa, whoa, out of whoa, the range. Whoa, 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 Selman. The man yeah. that was, was saying Short we term, were going to 12, five. We're not yep. going there no more. No, no. I still, like, it's still on my, on my plan, right? But yesterday oh, okay. we covered this. Uh, with Billy as well, and short-term, mid-term elections have been bullish, right? And October is traditionally very bullish, and everybody now, even a couple billionaires that I know are kind of like scamming people, they say, I'm not <laughs> buying anything, it's going to go lower, and that was kind of like the signal for me, man, if this guy tells me it's going to go lower, okay, it's time for me to buy, and then, you know, it's pretty much ranging, I see, I saw Dow Jones and S&P going lower, and I'm like, Bitcoin is not going lower than 18,500. What the hell is going on? And then I was like, okay, Bitcoin is getting ready for something. And this is why short term, I believe we're going to go up. Wow. Awesome. Thank you so much for that analysis, Selman. And that's a perfect segue into our next article. But we got 268 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here. And we're going to dive into exactly what Selman said. As these markets are turning bullish and the billionaires well, they're getting optimistic. So we've got billionaire investor and hedge fund veteran Mark Yusko is predicting a face-melting crypto rally, stating that Bitcoin has already bottomed. Mark Yusko thinks that the crypto rally has seen the worst of the bear market when it comes to Bitcoin. As we slid close to the $17,000 level earlier this, uh, earlier this summer, he went onto the YouTube channel Thinking Crypto, one of our good friends, and Yusko said that the proof of merge that happened with Ethereum was a massive miss. He said, I actually do believe that crypto winter is over, and I believe we're in crypto spring. I believe we've seen the bottom of the Bitcoin price chart, and that doesn't mean we can't retest those levels. It just means I don't think we're going lower. 
I think there are a lot of people out there that thought that when the merge happened for Ethereum, suddenly there was going to be a massive buying demand. He also stated that the Federal Reserve decided to keep increasing interest rates, which will have a limited impact on global prices. His personal belief is that we're in a recession, but it's a shallow recession compared to 2001 and not similar to 2008. He stated that if the Fed continues to raise rates, it's not going to have a major impact on the prices of goods and services. He said you could rate the you could uh, rate raise the rates 50 times and it's not going to change the price of gas. They're not going to lower the price of gas because they've got you over a barrel. And he's referring to Russia and Europe there. How many times is it, how many rate hikes is it going to take to change and fix the supply chain so I can actually trade my car in and get a new Kia? He said, eventually the federal reserves that will reverse their sentiment. And when they do that, we're going to have a face melting crypto rally, probably one for the history books, Johnny crypto. I'd love to start with you there. You are friends with Mark Yusko. So this is pretty interesting to see that the, he believes the Fed is going to reverse their sentiment on this recession. What is this indicating here? Do you believe that Bitcoin has bottomed out? Well, first of all, this is why I love Mark Yusko and I call him the great one because this guy, first of all, I'm not friends with him. We just, we, we, you know, we know each other from, from being on the show and from being on, you know, talking to Twitter. Uh, but, uh, but I love him and he, he is super smart. He came on this show in August. August 17th, I think was the date. Go back and check the show. And he said at that day, when the whole world thought we were going down, he absolutely abs is the best. There's no question, hands down, about it. When when he came on the show, he said at that time, guys, the bottom is absolutely in. He said it with confidence. Nobody in the world was saying it with that much confidence. Everybody here was saying, oh, he's crazy. No way, blah, blah, blah. It's going to keep going down. You know, everybody felt it was. But the reality is, this man said 17.5, the bottom is in. And he's saying here that he won't be surprised if we retest it, which exactly that's kind of how I feel too. I think we may retest 17.5. If we lose it, yes, we're going to 12.5, but I don't think we're going to lose it. You think we're going to retest it? The big boys are going to read the smart money is going to reload up at 17.5 if we even get there again. And then we're gone. See ya. Forget about it. And what's exciting here is that he's stating not only is the Fed going to change their sentiment, it's going to lead to a massive crypto rally. But someone, what I wanted to focus on here is his belief that the Fed raising rates isn't actually addressing the real issue. We've got supply chain issues. We've got food shortages on the way. What do you think about the Federal Reserve raising rates? Is this a solution to the problem that we're facing? Um, it it would have been a solution if they started earlier, but and they today. They actually said, I guess it was Evans, he said that they messed up. Yeah, they, they should have started earlier. And um, now they're predicting growth for next year, but it, it doesn't look that good. Of course, we are in a recession. But actually, I forgot to mention something. If you look at the treasury note yields, right, the bond uh, bond yields as, as well, like the two-year and the 10-year um, pretty much when they go up, usually the markets should bleed, but it's only Dow Jones and S&P, but it's not in the same speed as, you know, yield goes up. And so it is, we, we see a big bearish divergence on the two year is a two year, uh, yield as well. And that tells me sooner or later, it's going to go down very soon. And with that, the markets could go into a new rally. This is why when I checked out these uh, bond yields, I was like, and I was preparing them to previous years, the last 30 years, for example. And I was like, okay, like that something doesn't make sense here. They're raising interest rates, but uh, nope. Stock market says, uh, I'm not playing with you, Fed. Um, and so it's not going 
uh, down as predicted. So this tells me, okay, Bitcoin is ranging. The yield has a big bearish divergence. The dollar index has bearish divergence. If this continues like that, very soon we could see another rally come in. Is it going to be a new bull run? I don't know. But um, for sure, um, that range uh, where Bitcoin is at, right, is, uh, 18 to 20K, that tells me we are in big accumulation and things could change. So this is why I like 14, 15K is on the sideline for now. I want to look at the short-term gains I can make. And so I look uh, pretty optimistic now for October. For any of our listeners learning how to play both sides of the coin, take notes from Selman G there. He just told you it's going to go up and it's going to go down at the same time. So that is a great way to play this market. <laughs> Obviously, I'm kidding. But I want to get some thoughts from NFT Tones. NFT Tones, we're about to show our listeners the MasterCard news as MasterCard has launched the world's first customizable NFT credit card. What's pretty cool is we're actually showing the image to our listeners now, but I'd like to get some of your thoughts. You shared some pretty unique insight behind the scenes. Yeah, so I don't think people will realize how big this is, but I feel like MasterCard, by them doing this, will actually allow people to put NFTs on their card, right? And let's say you own a Board Ape Yacht Club and you, you can represent it on your card. So when you go to swipe it, people will know that you're part of like that higher class of society because you own one of those. So I think this is actually a really interesting way to show that you're part of the uh, society or uh, community that is relevant to the NFT. And it, it is really interesting. Johnny Crypto, do you agree with NFT tones? This is another move as like a status thing, right? I think that's the reason some people carry the black cards. Some people wear gold chains. Some people wear Rolexes. NFT Tones is going to be buying a customizable NFT credit card. What do you think about that? I won't be surprised if it's got a fedora on it, but you know, I, I you know, I guess it's all one of those things where, yeah, there's no question about it. It was like when the NFL was launching credit cards with team logos on it, right? People want to carry their mascot or carry their team logo with them. It's going to be a similar thing. It ain't going to matter a damn much what the credit cards do. It's just totally a. Uh, uh, a status thing, I guess. But for me, what I'm interested about is someone who's just to go back to someone's point real quick. Do you actually see a finally a decoupling of this market? Are we finally seeing a decoupling of the crypto market from the stock market? Cause that would be huge. Yep. Yep. And yesterday we talked about it with Billy and um, it really looks like Bitcoin and the crypto market is getting less volatile compared to the stock market. The stock market was below a significant support zone uh, last week, and um, Bitcoin was pretty much just ranging. And that tells me, wow, like Bitcoin is getting strong. And that tells me also that um, we shouldn't be betting against it now. If everybody's talking about 12K now, I'm like, dude, it's not cool anymore. If everyone talks about 12K, it's going to be the same as summer 2021, where we, everyone was talking about 20K, and all of a sudden they liquidated all the shorts, right? And then... It went up to new highs and the same situation could happen again. Everybody's talking about it. it's going to get worse and worse. And now I feel like, okay, we shouldn't really bet against it. If it's still ranging there, it tells you just like XRP, right? It was there above 33 cents. It didn't want to go lower. It was kind of like clear. Yes, let's be honest. Momentum is being created. Accumulation. Whales um, accumulated and we've seen massive XRP outflow from exchanges. It was just a matter of time, and then it skyrocketed to 50 cents. The same goes with um, you know other cryptocurrencies. We see great setups. Could be anytime soon. Hey, Salman, just for the record, when we get a chance, remind me to talk to you. Me and Abs, we got to talk to you about creating an NFT. We're collecting so, so our customers can get 
Get Italian food at their favorite restaurant. I love you guys. I'm you not guys Italian, though, so that's going to have to be a Middle well, Eastern. Well, we got Lebanese and Italian, and we can have a mixture. It's all right. <laughs> awesome, guys. And we got 260 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that, Smash like, that button. like button. We're about to show you another massive connection because we have an amazing update from R3. With them, I'm reading their quote here. They had an amazing session today discussing the future of banking as QuarterCon 2022 is underway. One of the things that they were talking about is the introduction of SBI's new banking system, which is going to indirectly leverage XRP. Regional currency and security token initiatives in Japan are on the way. And we can see not only is R3 in this group, Corda, which is a partner of XRP, and SBI Holdings, which is a facilitator of RippleNet, is talking about the real-world use cases provides Another big moneymaker for our listeners out there. This is so big, and it's one of those things. This news, it comes and it goes. When you talk about these events, these are the things that matter in the long term. Johnny, I'd love to start with you. Yeah, I mean, it's no surprise that SBI Holdings has been a huge, huge, probably the number one supportive company of Ripple and XRP since day one, or at least since I've been in it. For the past two years, they they are the main um, supporter of them in Japan. So it's no surprise to me to see that, you know, in, in all these companies here, R3, actually R3 originally had, I think, a partnership with, with Ripple, and then there was some, you know, disconnect there. Yeah, and R3 also works with Corda, which is which uses XRP, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so at the end of the day, you certainly can see, you know, SBI having their fingers in the mix here, and that's a good thing because, you know, wherever SBI is, pretty much XRP is going to be right behind it. It's kind of like where the head goes, the body follows, right? It's kind of like the same thing there. So for me, it's exciting to see that they're going to pull all these systems. Again, this is like a coexistence of systems. And what's pretty cool here is I'm just noticing these percentages. It says SBI Holdings is going to make up 51% of SBI and R3's collaboration. R3 will be getting 35% and SMBC, not really sure what that is. I believe that's a local bank is going to be getting about 14% of the total market share. Selman, I'd love for you to address these connections. We've showed a list before talking about the companies that are working with Corda and Corda settles in XRP. These are some of the largest names on the planet. Now we have some of the largest banking institutions using that as well. So I'm reading some funny comment right now. I'm going to give you the floor, Selman. Yeah, this is really bullish, especially, you know, we know back then when the uh, SEC case started, Japan was pretty much very uh, open and welcomed Ripple. Hey, like, Forget about, forget about U.S., come to us, you know, and you see all these um, institutions um, pretty much want to get, want to be part of this whole thing. It's bullish, but I actually also want to touch on uh, the security tokenization, right? Because that's something, you know, earlier you asked me about like when the regulation uh, will come and what's going to happen, right? I believe security tokenization is going to be one of the next big hypes in this space uh, because, like, um, imagine you want to buy something very easily, um, some real estate in Japan, but how about like the U.S. regulation there? Can you do that without being a an accredited investor? Can you easily buy a token there, or do you need some kind of uh, some kind of you know KYC here and there, or some other proofs? So that's going to be a big topic. But once we have regu regulation there and clarity, I believe security tokenization is going to be a big thing tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have Proppy on the show. We're going to talk about how they tokenize real estate. And dude, like this space is just getting like you're early, guys. You're really early. We haven't seen real tokenization of illiquid assets. And like all of that is coming in the next years. We're so early. 
Somebody said there's 263 live listeners out there. Every single one of you better smash that like button. But we've only got nine minutes left, and I want to make sure to break down some of the crypto regulation thoughts that Jerome Powell shared this morning. So he he addressed the regulation of not only the DeFi market, but the crypto market as a whole. And he said that regulation needs to be done carefully and thoughtfully, given its limited impact on the real economy. Now is the time when we can create the change that this markets need and create a safer railway for these currencies. The DeFi winter didn't have significant effects on the banking system and the broader financial stability due to the lack of links between them, Powell told the panel. I think it demonstrates a weakness and the work that needs to be done around regulation carefully and thoughtfully. They're going to need a little bit more time. Powell said he favored applying the rules of conventional finance to DeFi, citing the mantra, the same risks apply with the same regulation but also to novel features such as replacing intermediaries with automated code, decentralized governments, and the use of unhosted crypto wallets to facilitate money laundering. Of course, they're going to mention nefarious activity because we know that fear comes through change. So Powell also suggested that he was in no rush to introduce a central bank digital currency. We have not decided to proceed, and we don't see ourselves making that decision for some time. We're evaluating both the policy issues and the technology issues that we're looking at this thing with a very broad scope. And what I do want to mention is that there was a quote from Christine Lagarde, the president of the European Central Bank, that stated by 2026, Europe would have a CBDC. So we know that if Europe is going to have one in 2026, we can only, it's safe to draw the assumption that the US will have a similar product at the same time. I'd love to start with NFT tones. NFT tones, we're talking about crypto regulation and CBDCs. Many of these things used to be conspiracies, and now the most powerful people in the world are talking about crypto. How far away do you think we are from a European central bank being one of the main sources of liquidity? I think we're getting closer and closer to it by the day, and we're just unprepared for it. I mean, I I believe as we go further and further on, we're going to see more and more that Europe is pushing for change already. And I think it's going to be actually a really kind of scary thing to see and watch as people are kind of like forced into a, a way of change that they don't understand and realize yet. And I feel like people are going to be scareder and it's going to make things actually much worse for people as they get involved with crypto. And then as people, as like it comes to the United States, I feel like it's going to create even more fear because of what already happened in Europe. You're spot on. And Johnny Crypto, I'd love to give you the floor because not only is Europe talking about this, Jerome Powell and Christine Lagarde were addressing this together. And I have a short clip I want to show our listeners. But first, I'd like to get some comments from you. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, there's no surprise here. We've been telling you this for six or nine months now that regulation is coming and that they are going to tell you. That's right. At the end of the day, trust in this show. They, they are going to tell you that cryptocurrency bad, CBDC good. We've been telling you this was coming, and now it's coming. There's no surprise here. We've also told you you can't stop it. Don't try to fight it. What we've told you is you have to be invest, invested in some of these cryptocurrencies that we believe are blockchains that we believe will drive the future. And that's that's we're on that path. That's what we're here for. You all know that. I don't have to tell you that. You're all here for that very reason because you're all smart. You're all in early, and you realize that um, the, the CBDC is coming and that there will be certain ones that will be part of that system, right? And, and obviously the ISO 20,022 is a good place to start. They're going to drive those systems and we want to be part of those. And that's to me, uh, Abs, we're going to continue to be talking about this because you're going to, we're going to live it. We're going to actually live it. We're going to see it happening step by step because we're following it so close, right? Most people won't even know. 
tomorrow your parents' abs and my parents will wake up and they won't have a damn clue what the hell just happened because they don't care how money works behind the scenes, right? They just know that they send money and the money gets there. And that's all they care about, right? Most people, that's all they care about. We are excited because we know that it's behind the scenes how that money gets there that matters and what those systems are in place that are going to be there and that we're invested in those systems. That is why we're all super excited today. Guys, and we got 271 live listeners. Ladies and gentlemen, smash that like button. button. We're going to close this thing out on a strong note. We started this episode off by showing you the connections between the Digital Pound Foundation and Ripple. There was a good reason for that because the ECB chief, Christine Lagarde, says that she does not like to see a new period of free banking due to cryptocurrencies. And we've talked about they would roll tanks in the streets before they relinquished monetary control. So we're going to let this short clip play and then we'll get some closing comments from the group. Here we go. Where do we stand? We central bankers. We have been operating as a monetary anchor in relation to the commercial banks and the private money. If we are not in that game, if we are not involved in experimenting, in innovating in terms of digital uh, central bank money, we risk losing the role of so what she said there is it's a bad thing for there to be decentralized currencies because then the bankers won't have control. Johnny Crypto, floor is yours. <laughs> yeah. Hello. We've been saying uh, roll the tanks to the street. Of course, whenever you try to take power away from somebody, what are they going to do? They're going to do everything in their power to keep it, right? So, But the good news is there's nobody here smart enough to be able to take power away, nor is anybody going to try because it will start another war. The reality is they have the power. And they're going to put these systems in place. And as I just said, the good news is because we're awoken, because we're ahead of the game, well, I should say because we know the game, we know we, we won't get played. We know how to play the game, right? Know the game so you can play the game. And that's what we're trying to do. So while everybody else is looking that way, we know to be looking this way with the few other smart people out there in the world and follow the smart money and do what the elites do so that we become the next round of elites. Spot on, Roto. And one of our good listeners said, besides XRP, what other cryptos should I invest my money in? Well, we are not financial advisors and we are not giving financial advice, but I can mm-hmm. tell you what I do with my own portfolio. So this is what I did when I first started off with my journey in crypto. I found out that the new banking system was going to be centered around these seven tokens and the list that I'm showing you on screen, Stellar, Hedera, IOTA, XDC, Ripple, Algorand, and Quant. These are some of the projects that I personally believe have the strongest fundamentals in the market, but I would not advise anybody go buy these because I can't. I'm not a financial advisor. So go and do your own research. Check out why we always talk about these specific cryptocurrencies on our show every day. But Selman, you live in Europe. I want to go back to the Christine Lagarde news to close out this episode. We got about 60 seconds left. Do you believe in what Christine Lagarde is saying that the central bank is going to have to fight against decentralized currencies? Currently, the Eurozone is really messed up. Even Great Britain, right? British pounds have seen the lowest level ever recorded. So they need to do something right now. The U.S. Do- the, the um, U.S. dollar is gaining strength. Euro needs to do something. They need to raise interest. Not only that, they need to change something for sure. And she knows exactly what to do, right? She needs to come with innovation. Unfortunately, innovation for them uh, is you know a bad thing for us, which is CBDCs, and they're gonna find other ways to make the euro strong again and um yeah i'm i'm kind of bullish because we invested in these iso you know um tokens uh, or coins but you know it's gonna hurt our society in another way but you know it's a trade-off so uh let's be in on the side of the elites and uh get in early 
before it's too late. And so that's thank you, gentlemen. Another amazing episode today. And as you're seeing on the screen, just like Fari said, go smash that like button, people. And we're going to see you guys in just 23 hours. Tomorrow, we have an amazing episode planned as Jackie and XRP Jenna are going to be joining me and Johnny Crypto. I am going to be live from Miami because a hurricane is hitting Tampa. So I'll see you guys in 23 hours. Like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get the shit together, baby. Thanks for joining us. Let's go.